This message comes to you from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon, where we are committed to living like Jesus and sharing His love. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. I want to take actually just a few minutes this morning and jump back into our series called Real Life, but I want to, I want to address mothers today. I want to talk to moms. I want to talk to women in general, and um, I believe that what I have to share will not only impact moms and ladies in the church, but I believe there's a nugget in here, a word for uh, men as well. I believe there's something that the Lord wants uh, to deposit in this church today. How many believe God's up to some good things in our church? Would you wave at me? Um, All right, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you're here with me in this journey. I believe in God for great things. Um, I'll tell you this week, we've seen people get saved, get um, touched by God, and um, already, uh, and this is just the first day of the week, we've just had one service this morning, but there's more uh, all week long that God is going to do, not only in our gatherings, but through our lives in the city that we live in. Amen? Amen. Matthew chapter 5, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn there this morning, and uh, I want to talk about a life of humility or a life of meekness. A life of humility or meekness, depending on your translation, uh, we're going to read Matthew 5, 5 here in just a moment. Uh, Blessed are the humble or blessed are the meek. I want to talk about meek mothers or humble mothers and the inheritance that is available to them. Um, The Bible says in Exodus 20, verse 12, to honor your father and mother that your days might be long on the earth. And uh, so we we choose a day like today to honor moms and to honor women for their special place in the body of Christ, not because it's just cultural, it's actually biblical to build a lifestyle of honoring moms. Um, First of all, the Bible does tell us that our days will be long on the earth if we uh, honor them which tells me that moms have the ability to shorten our life if we don't honor them. (laughs) I know my mom does, and uh, I think probably your mom does too. And so we want long lives, so we're going to honor and uh, value and appreciate moms and their influence in our life. Um, There's a number of things that moms teach us over the years. In fact, I have a little list. My mom taught me logic, if you will by saying this, if you fall off that swing and break your neck, don't come crying to me. (laughs) My mom taught me medicine. If you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're gonna freeze that way and never never come unstuck. Really, mom, is that medical? Is that a medical term? Yeah, okay, whatever. My mom taught me to think ahead. If you don't pass your spelling test, you're never gonna amount to anything. You'll never get a good job. My mom taught me how to meet a challenge. What were you thinking? Answer me when I talk to you. Don't talk to me that way. Don't talk back. Mixed messages, mom. Which one do you want the answer to? My mom taught me about humor. When the lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. (laughs) My mom finally taught me about justice. One day when you have kids, I hope they put you through the ringer just like you put me through the ringer. Moms are awesome, and uh, I believe that there's an inheritance for every mom, for every lady in the room this morning, and uh, before I just use the word mom or talk about Mother's Day, maybe more than some of you even really want to hear, let me just acknowledge something. I've pastored for a long time, and I know that there's people in the room this morning that Mother's Day is not the most exciting day 
in the world to them. Maybe you're estranged from your mother, or maybe uh, you're distant in some way. Maybe your relationship with your mom wasn't everything that it could have been, or maybe you're in a situation where you're the mom and you're distant from your own kids. Maybe today that you've got somebody that you haven't spoken to in years, and on Mother's Day it brings that to the surface. Or maybe you're here this morning and you would have loved to have had kids, but for whatever reason you haven't been able to. Maybe you're here this morning and it's the first anniversary after the loss of a mom or maybe the loss of a child. Mother's Day evokes and provokes a lot of emotion in a lot of people. And I believe that today as we come together to talk about motherhood and to talk about the inheritance and the value and the keys to unlocking all that God would have for the women in the church, I also know equally that there could be some underlying emotion to the day that would make somebody feel like, man, I really wish I could listen today and receive and be part. I believe right now the presence of the Lord is here to heal whatever brokenness, whatever sadness, whatever sense of separation and mourning might be here today. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Amen? I believe Mother's Day can be a profound day of turning for you, turning uh, and, and receiving uh, just a, a sovereign supernatural capacity to take the negative circumstances of life and springboard into a whole new chapter and season. I believe there's something here for you today. If you found your way into the room, which you have, Maybe somebody hogtied you, maybe they threw you in the trunk, maybe you drove by and saw the banner and thought, that looks like a nice church, I'll land in there on Sunday morning and see what happens. I believe God brought you here today and there's a word for you, there's some hope for you, there's some healing for you, there's ministry for you. If you're in a place of brokenness, God wants to put the pieces back together and raise you up to a whole new way of doing life today. Can I hear an amen about that? Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5 and... We've been in this series on the Beatitudes. Pastor Mark started it a couple weeks ago, and last week we uh, looked at the, the very scripture, God blesses those who mourn, for they shall be comforted, in verse four. This is a very interesting portion of teaching in which Jesus actually gathered his disciples and a group together, and he took a seat on this mountainside and by sitting down, he was actually sending a message that I'm about to teach as one who has authority. The disciples gathered around him, and as they sat down, he started to unpack eight different phrases, or eight different times he said four words. He said, God blesses those who, and I'm going to put that on the screen, God blesses those who, God blesses those who, God blesses those who. He said it eight different times, and every time he unpacked and unfolded a statement that was kind of a backward statement. It was a statement that didn't make sense in their culture, it didn't make sense in their logic, but in the kingdom of God, it broke into a logic and broke into a dimension of life that's above natural life, it's a supernatural dimension. Every person in this room is living your 24-7 days, your, your hours, your moments, and your experiences, and you're collecting snapshots, as it were, of events in your life, and put all together, you're living a life. But God wants to take those snapshots and those collections of life and put them together in such a way that what's displayed is actually supernatural. It's, it's a dimension beyond the natural. He takes mourning and he creates comfort. He takes sorrow and he brings joy. He takes a, a sense of sadness and breaks through with a, a new dimension of happiness. He takes loss and he makes it gain. You see, God is, is actually coming through with some truths that turn life around. They sound paradoxical, they sound backwards, and they don't make any sense, but he says, I want you to know 
God will bless those who? God, meaning the sustainer of all things, the originator of all things. You're here this morning at City Bible Church not to just have an experience, but to have an encounter. You're here this morning to reconnect, reestablish covenant, re-embrace a God who loves you, created you, is sustaining you, and by the way, he is moving towards you. He's here today drawing you to himself. He's here with a, a deposit of grace and mercy that he wants to pour in your life. And so Jesus said, God, that God, the sustaining God, the, the powerful God, the mighty God will bless. The word bless actually means to deposit favor and bring you up into a place of joy. So God, the sustainer and creator of all things, wants to bring you up into a higher dimension. We're calling that real life. Everybody say real life. He's bringing you up into a dimension of real life. But he's only bringing up those, a certain group, a a sovereign group, a a unique group, a, a group that would actually begin to embrace the things that he's saying. He's actually unfolding keys to a whole new way of doing life. You can get by and you can come to the end of your days and have lived a life and maybe even made some good relationships and say, wow, I lived my life and now life is over. Or you could say, I have ran my race. I've finished my course. I have lived a life of destiny and purpose. And so that's the kind of life we're calling every member of City Bible, every attender, every visitor is up into a new dimension. God will bless those, those who hear, those who respond, those who step into all that God has. That's who God is going to bless. God is going to bring divine favor to. Matthew 5 Verse one says, and seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And thirdly, blessed are the meek. Some of your translations, I'll just put this on the screen. God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who are humble for they will will inherit the whole earth. Now, if you've got your Bibles open or you're using your your iPhone or another app of some kind, look at verse 13, Matthew 5, verse 13. And I wanna kind of catch the end of the verse and and make, make a little bit of a statement before I come back and look at verse five. Matthew 5, 13 says this, you are the salt of the earth. This is how he concludes his eight kingdom rocking statements. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Three words in verse 13 that I want you to see that I think are really important. First of all is the word salt. He said, you are the salt of the earth. If I could talk to moms today, I would suggest to you that Jesus is talking to you. You are the salt of the earth. Salt is an interesting product. It has influence. It has impact. It has the ability to prolong shelf life. There's something about salt and those whom God will bless that needs to be understood and brought together into one place of understanding. And it is simply this. Salt is an influential agent and it speaks of your purpose. God has given every woman in this place a purpose on this planet. You're not here by mistake. 
I don't care. I mean, I, I care, but catch the thought. If you were told from the time you were born you were a mistake, never should have had you, you're worthless, you're a nobody, I'm here to tell you today you're not any of those things. You're actually exactly the opposite. You were appointed by God. You were destined by God. You wouldn't breathe if God wasn't involved in your life. You are appointed, you're anointed, you're called, you're positioned, you're placed. There's something that's sovereign for you. It's, div- it's beyond human understanding and it is not limited to the words that have been spoken about you. I can guarantee there's some women within the sound of my voice this morning that feel rejected, abandoned, trampled, tossed aside, feel like they have no purpose, no lasting value. They feel like they're just sucking air. What's their purpose? I just get up in the morning. I take care of kids. I just take care of my mom. I take care of my husband. I do something for everybody else but myself. I am convinced today that God has called you to be an influential agent in the earth. He's called you to be a person of impact. He's called, he's called you and he's put you on this planet for something beyond yourself, something of eternal value, something of great significance far beyond your own even ability to think or imagine. You are the salt, by the way, secondly, of the earth. I'll define earth in just a little bit, but the reality is earth speaks of your placement. Salt speaks of your purpose. The earth speaks of your placement. You've been put here this morning, drawn here, placed here, are sitting here by a sovereign divine hand. God's involved in your life. Acts chapter 17 tells us that God's appointed the times and the seasons and even the, the, the limitations to where you dwell. There's something so unique that God has done to put you into the family, into the relationships, into the neighborhood that you're in. He's put you there to be an impact, not simply just to get by. And if we could have a revival today of anything, I would say, let's have a revival of women who believe that they have a destiny in God. You've got a place in the church. You've got a place in your neighborhood. You've got a place in your family. You've got a place in your marriage. You are the salt of the earth, the place where you live, the family that you're in. But Jesus went on and he said, the salt, though, can lose its flavor. The word flavor, I'm just going to insert the word Potential the word potential, because it is possible for you as a woman to have purpose and place, but to have your potential robbed from you. To have something strip the sense of potential out of your life to the point where you feel like, man, I'm here, I'm sucking air, but I'm not really accomplishing anything. Jesus went on and said, if it loses its potential, it is good for nothing except to be thrown out and trampled. The word trampled is to be uh, uh, ridden underfoot by rudeness and by negativity. We live in a culture whereby there is a voice among women trying to find their place, but they're trying to find their place many times because they've been trampled down. Things have been against them. Maybe even at times the church hasn't been all that it should be. And when I say the church, I'm not just saying City Bible Church. I'm not here to dog on any particular group of people. I'm just saying sometimes 
We don't fully understand how to access the potential that's in each other. But at the end of the day, I want you to know that God has a purpose for your life. If you've got air in your lungs, God has called you, God has destined you. And if you have felt at any season of your life, trampled underfoot, tossed aside, without value, dismissed, unimportant, God wants to restore flavor to your life today. God wants to restore flavor to your life. He wants to bring that back that sense of potential, that belief that when you look in the mirror, you don't, you don't tear yourself down. You know you're called of God. You know there's a place for you in the body of Christ. And by the way, you've been placed in your family. You have a sense of destiny when you're changing the diaper and you're making the dinner and you're buying groceries and you're working outside the home to make ends meet as a single mom. You're dealing with everything tossed your direction. God has a purpose for your life. And you've been uniquely called to be in that place. And the potential that God sees in you needs to be awakened by his power and by his presence in this place today. And I believe there's a way to do it. Matthew 5 verse 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. If I could talk to the women of the house today, I want to give you keys to access your inheritance. I want to give you keys to access the purpose and the potential that's locked up inside of each and every one of you. If you just look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, it said, blessed are the meek or blessed are the humble. Let's just look at the word inherit for just a moment. The word inherit, if I just put the definition on the screen here, it means this. It means to obtain a specific allotment. It means to receive the title deed as an heir, one who is related to the master. If I could talk again and just capture the heart of every woman in the room this morning, the master is directly connected to your inheritance. He sees you, he observes you, he knows you, and by the way, he's got a deed to something he rightfully owns, but he wants to hand it to you. What is in your heart, woman? What is in your heart, mom? What is in your heart, young lady? What do you long for in God? You want to see your children serve the Lord? Do you want to own your own home? Do you want to be a business person? Do you want your marriage to turn around? What are the things that you long for in your heart? God owns it all. There's an inheritance locked up for you. There's a destiny. Have you been called to preach? Have you been called to prophesy? Have you been called to write music? Have you been called to be a grandmother? Somebody who raises their kids, who raise their kids, and you give yourself to making sure the generations are in order. Have you been called to a spirit of faith and intercession to unlock mysteries for your kids and your family? There is an inheritance for you yet to be unlocked. There's a purpose by which you're here this morning. And by the way, it is in the earth. It's not just in a future day or some mystical idea that's floating around in your head. It is God's work in your life. He holds the title deed to everything you're praying for and everything that you're longing for. And by the way, it's been stored up for you. Well, I know my, my husband's called to be the leader of the home. Yes, you're exactly right. And you know what that means? more responsibility, more accountability. But it doesn't mean a silence to you. And it doesn't mean a lack of inheritance for you. 
Peter actually said in 1 Peter 3, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you. You're not second tier, second rate, because of your gender, because of your place, because of some position. You're actually called and positioned by God in a unique place that, by the way, no man can fill. As good of a father as I am, I'm not a mother to my kids. There's only one mother in our home, and it's my wife, and she's a really good mother, and I appreciate what she brings to the table, and I've got to value that as heirs of an inheritance that God has stored up for us. He's positioned something for you. There's something floating over your life that he wants to pour out. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I've already started to define the word earth. Let me define it just a little bit more to you. I'm going to put this on the screen. The word earth actually means the soil, the land, the region, the country, or by the way, its inhabitants. Your children are your inheritance. Your home is your inheritance. Your neighborhood is your inheritance. Your job, if you work outside the home, it's your inheritance. It's your sphere. It's what God has given you. The dreams that are in your heart, the potential that's in front of you. God wants to give you a portion of the earth, the natural surroundings that are around you. I've heard moms say over the years, well, you know, it's good that God works in their life. Somewhere along the line, I've messed up and I guess God isn't really gonna bless me. Let's get that thought out of our minds today and realize it's time to re-embrace potential that's inside of you. Let's get a little flavor back. You haven't made such a mistake that you're distant from God and that he doesn't care for you. He's got an inheritance locked up and the inheritance is in seed form right in front of you. It's here this morning. There's a ministry in the church for you. There's a call that's upon you to pour into other people, to use your home for ministry. There's something about the soil, the land, the neighborhood, the family, the relationships, the health, the emotions, the, the giftings, the call, the talents. They're in you for a purpose. I know different seasons require different things. Remember when our kids were small, my wife would take Mariah, my 14-year-old, put her in a little baby basket and wheel her through the neighborhood and give groceries to the neighbors. I remember coming home one day and seeing her handing a four and a half pound roast to one of our neighbors thinking, what are you doing? That's out of our refrigerator. I was gonna eat that. And I remember her telling me, I'm gonna make an impact in my neighborhood. She'd tell me, I, I wanna do a lot of other things, but at this season, I can't do those things. So I'm gonna do what I can, where I can, while I can. I'm like, you are, huh? No, just kidding. I'm gonna empty out our refrigerator. And so she did. And you know what ended up happening? A woman named Susie, who scared the snot out of me, for lack of a better way to say it, ended up getting saved. Susie was a biker chick that was actually kind of scary when you talk to her. No offense to anybody. We lived in a little bit of a shady area of town, and when Susie showed up, everybody wanted to kind of run the other direction. And all of a sudden, she becomes my wife's friend over at the house, and I'm making sure things are bolted to the table, you know, nothing, nothing leaving the house. And she's giving her roast and groceries and taking care of pretty quick Susie standing in church, hands lifted. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Do you mean God would give a mom in a shady neighborhood 
who's parenting her kids and we really can't afford to do much. She'd just take a little roast and give it away, but it would actually begin to make friends that would welcome us into eternal rewards later on down the road. Yeah, the answer is yeah. There's an inheritance for you. I don't care where you're at in life. You're retired, you're young, you're single mom, wherever you're at. There's something God wants to unpack through your life. There's a, a destiny waiting to be unfolded. And by the way, it's probably even unfolding without your understanding that it is unfolding. You're just filling your time. You're spanking your kids. You're doing what, what every mom does. I remember one day coming home and my wife saying, I'm going to give you these three kids because if I see them one more time, they will die, you will die, everybody's going to die. I'm thinking, let me have the kids. And by the way, maybe you should go to Starbucks. Let's just kind of... She's not up here to defend herself, so I'm just going to tell her. No, but you know it's true, though. How many moms know what I'm talking about? How many men know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Some of you shouldn't be raising your hand. <laughs> God blesses the meek for they will inherit the earth. There's something divine in the place where you live. And by the way, the word meek is such an amazing word in and of itself. If I could define it, I might get myself into trouble. But the word meek means strength brought under control. Strength brought under control. Every woman in this place, even if you've been tossed aside and trampled underfoot, there is a potential strength that's inside of you. It's a gifting strength. It's a talent. Maybe you've been kind of beat up over the years because you're a strong personality. There's a way that God wants to use that strength to accomplish the purpose of God in your life so that you bring the right word to the table at the right time. And this isn't some heavy-handed, top-down statement. Uh, God wants to use the strength that's inside of you. And by the way, if you have felt trampled down, beat down, and shut out because of strength, God can help you temper your strength, use your strength in the right fashion. It's a developed, process-oriented thing. But I'll tell you, some, some people have been battered and, and, and so taken back in that area of their life, they don't know whether they should speak. They don't know whether they can speak, and they don't know whether it's acceptable to speak. If there's a strength in you, God wants you to bring your strength to the table and mix it with some Holy Spirit gentleness, and in that place of gentleness, he will unlock your inheritance. You know, on the flip side of the coin, I've seen people bring so much gentleness to the table that they don't speak anything. They don't challenge their kids or their husband, or they let a salesman run over the top of them. I would say both extremes are wrong. God wants to bring both to the center and sovereignly help you know when to speak and when to be silent and how much to give and how much to hold back. And Solomon said at the end of his life, you know, there's a time and a season for everything. Sometimes you need to roar like a lion. Sometimes you need to be as quiet as a dove. You got to bring both to the table. It's okay. There's something in the middle that God wants to do in every woman in the room to help unlock the potential, unlock the possibility, unlock the destiny, because there's an inheritance for you. Don't lose it in the extremes. Bring, bring out the purpose of God by submitting yourself to the Lord and allowing him to work deeply in your life. Probably the best example as I'm getting ready to draw this to a close in a couple of minutes, probably the best example in scripture of 
meekness might be Sarah in the Old Testament, but also I think it has the potential to be Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary was an amazing woman of God, potential like crazy. She became the mother of Jesus. She was unknown, tossed aside, potentially trampled underfoot by men, but there was some kind of strength going on in her life that caused God to look from heaven and say, I like the strength. I like the meekness. There is an inheritance for you, Mary. I want to draw that out of you. I think there's three things that Mary's life tells us, and you can go read the book of Luke on your own and learn this yourself, but three things that developed meekness in Mary's life that will develop meekness in your life and will unlock your destiny, and it's this first of all. Mary heard from the Lord. Mary heard from the Lord. For every person who's within the sound of my voice this morning, you have the capacity to hear from the Lord. The Bible said Mary was visited, and as she was visited, she said, blessed are you, woman. You found favor with God. It's the same word for blessed. God blesses those who. God talks to blessed people, and by the way, you're a blessed woman. When he talks, you've got to listen. Sometimes it's a still small voice, sometimes it's a radical voice, but God speaks nonetheless. And when he comes your direction, he's wanting to put something into your heart, like take that roast and give it to the neighbor. Speak this into their life. Oh, hey, now's a time to be silent. By the way, now would be a time to speak. God will speak to you and help you in your journey of motherhood because God's amazing and he has an inheritance for you. He has a destiny for you and he wants the salt of your life to not lose its flavor but to be of great impact. Mary heard from the Lord. The second thing I know about Mary's life is when Mary heard from the Lord and the, the, the scripture tells us that she was favored and she was afraid and she's like, what? I don't even understand. This doesn't make any sense. I haven't even been with a man. How can this be? The angel said, no, no, no. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. I'll accomplish your destiny. You won't have to accomplish it on your own. The Bible says that Mary packaged up her life and she went to her cousin Elizabeth's home and for three months, she served her cousin. Many people read that and they say, well, yeah, she went because Elizabeth was having a miraculous birth too. No, you gotta understand the culture. Elizabeth was in her sixth month, the Bible says, and historically and traditionally and culturally, people would go to their cousin's house, to their neighbor's house, to their relative's house to serve them in their sixth month of pregnancy. Mary went to serve her cousin because God was working out a miracle in her. And this is, this is the token that I wish I could just drop in every mom's heart in the room today, is keep serving. 
Keep serving what God's doing in your kids. Keep serving what God's doing in your church. Keep serving what God's doing in your husband. Keep serving what God is doing in your family and in your neighborhood. And I am here to tell you today, you serve the miracle that's in somebody else and God will accomplish his miracle in your life. There's an inheritance for you. There is a purpose for you. There is a destiny for you. And it is locked up in your ability to serve beyond yourself. The third thing that I see in Mary's life is Mary continued to live simply. She didn't complicate her destiny. She didn't complicate it. She believed that if God wanted to accomplish this through her, that he could do it if she was simply available. Could I strip striving out of the room this morning? Could I strip any spirit of, oh my goodness, I've got to perform out of the room this morning? Could I strip any sense of failure out of the room that says I'm not as good as them or them or her or her? Man, I tried, but I guess, I guess I'm just not good enough. Could I get that all out of the room and help us come back to a simple place today that would just simply say, do your best before God and let him perform the miracle through you? Ladies, you're the salt of the earth. You're the salt of the earth. And the enemy tries to strip the flavor out of your life by doing exactly the opposite of this. Tries to complicate your life and get you to think you've got to work harder, be better, do better, frenzy yourself up a little bit. Or maybe rather than getting you to serve somebody else, you feel like you've got to work harder and harder and harder. And you look in the mirror and you say, I'm not worthy. Nobody would want to know from me. Nobody would want to hear from me and you actually end up going inward rather than outward? Or the opposite of the first is you feel like you're not even worthy to hear from God. You don't practice hearing from God. Or when God speaks, you say, I'm not worthy, I can't respond. I'm here to tell you today, meekness is directly related to these three things. You can hear from the Lord. And by the way, he wants to talk to you. So bring a little strength to the table this morning. Bring who you are before the Lord and say, I'm gonna present my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable in God's sight. And I'm gonna use every grace, talent, gift, and ability to go outside of myself and serve the people around me. And thirdly, I'm gonna keep a simple attitude and a simple focus. I'm not gonna to try to overcomplicate it because God's gonna work through my life. And if you're here this morning, and you've got something that you need God to show up in your life in, you need a miracle, you need some inheritance, you need the earth to transform and transition around you, I believe God will meet you right where you are. This room is full of miracle power. This room is full of anointing for every mom who wants to step into real life, God's life for you. I want every lady in the room to stand to their feet this morning. Every lady, mom or not, doesn't matter. I want you to know you're called of God. I want you to know there's purpose for your life and whatever flavor the enemy's tried to strip out, I pray a sovereign touch of God upon you this morning, right where you're at. Some of you wanna have kids, haven't been able to. I'm gonna pray that the divine favor of God would come upon you this morning and that God would open wombs across our church. And by next year at this time, I'm gonna believe God for a lot of babies in this house. Him. 
<laughs> Come on, moms, I just want you to lift your hands to the Lord. Let me pray for you. Ladies, lift your hands to the Lord. Father, I am so grateful for the women of this church. God, sometimes we don't even fully understand what you're doing through the ups and downs of life. But I'm just gonna choose to trust your word today. We are the salt of the earth. Come on, let that settle over you today. Let that settle over you today. Your placement is of the Lord. He has you where you're at for this good and powerful purpose. Come on, Jesus. Lord, your word says you're our inheritance. You're our cup. You're our portion. Oh, Jesus, whatever inheritance has been locked up, whatever purpose has been kept distant, in the place where, God, we don't even see how you're working or what you're doing, I pray that you would move into that place today in Jesus' name. Touch the prodigal children, God. Uh, cause the communication lines to open up between estranged children and their moms. God, right now, I pray in Jesus' name that where there's lack and limitation and maybe even a perspective that brings about depression and discouragement, Father, I pray that that would be broken in the name of the Lord Jesus. Sense of comparison, a tendency towards feeling insecure, Lord, we break it off today in Jesus' name. And Lord, I believe the meek will inherit the earth. I pray a spirit of inheritance and adoption to come upon this body of believers today. I pray that every woman in this room would be touched by the Heavenly Father and to know they're secure, they're loved, they're valued. There's a place for them. He has a title deed. He's got an inheritance. There's a gifting to be unlocked. There's a destiny to unfold. And Lord, let this year be the year let barren women have children in Jesus' name. Father, let those who are discouraged find joy and increase in the house of the Lord. For those who long to be married and to have a husband, I pray that you'd meet them where they're at. Let this year be a year of real life breakthrough in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, could we give the Lord a big hand today and thank him for his goodness?